episode 13 of Three in the Key. Uriah Tegel, Jeff Krzyzewski, and myself, Joe Garifold. Guys, more than a week into September, moving our way through the second round of the NBA playoffs. How are you guys feeling? I'm good. Hanging in there. I, I, the second round's been uh, been some good drama so far, honestly. You know, we have the, uh, the number one overall seed about to get knocked out of the playoffs here as we're recording this the the bucks are down late in the fourth year to to miami who's looking to complete that series in five but uh for the most part these second round series have been pretty competitive and uh it's nice to have trimmed the fat a little bit with some of those i think i talked about this last week as well but some of those lower seeds that none of us were really excited to to watch play it's, it's exciting to get some better matchups here as we look forward to the conference finals yeah it's honestly even more than the basketball it's really, really stunning to me that it's almost the middle of September already. Like, I was actually talking to my mom about this earlier. I said, you know, time really flies when you're literally not doing anything. It's been pretty incredible how quick this shitty year has gone. But as your eyes said, you know, the basketball has been good. There's been some good drama. I think some of the drama probably isn't going to amount to much, especially in that Clippers series, but you know, I've been wrong before and, and we'll see how that ends up turning out. Yeah. I mean, so far it's been a pretty, enter- I mean, that game last night between the Clippers and Nuggets was, that was a pretty entertaining basketball game. I thought. It's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had, uh, you know, Doc Rivers saying neither team's listening to their coaches at the, after the first quarter interview uh, with how bad the defense was and, the, and scoring w- was happening pretty freely until the last six minutes of the game, and that's when the Clippers really locked down, uh, it seemed. Uh, we'll start, I guess, with that series. The West the West series definitely seemed more interesting right now than the East. As you already mentioned, the Bucks are four and a half minutes from going home and Boston up 3-2. But for the Clippers-Nuggets series, I mean, Denver looked exhausted in game one. Clippers completely capitalized. Game two, Denver came out firing 44 points in the first quarter. The whole game, it felt like if the Clippers could have got a couple stops, they could have actually pushed to win that game. They kept getting it to 11, and then Denver would open it back up. Then last night was a really good game, and Paul George played sensational, and Kawhi Leonard gave a middle finger to Jamal Murray for the win. That's what I was going to say. Really good game for for playoff P last night. Really, Really earning that nickname one game at a time. Took the words out of my since, mouth. Since since the first two games uh, against Dallas, so their last five playoff games, he's actually been really really good. I think he's averaging twenty six points over those five. So you know he made that the comment that he was in a bad place headspace wise and, and whatever there was to that with how poor he played the first two games. He's actually been really good the last five, and I mean that's the playoff P they need if they're going to actually win a title. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I think. Um... The issue with the Clippers, and I think the issue with the Clippers all year, is they just never seem to get that unity. They never seem to mesh all at the right time. Like you'll have your Paul, your Paul George game where you know where Kawhi in Game Two wasn't very good. Then you'll have your Kawhi Leonard game where Paul George and Lou Williams don't do anything. They just never seem to get that uniformity, and that's. You know, that's obviously the plus of having multiple stars is you have a guy that can pick you up when your other star is not competing. But the deeper you get into the playoffs, I I mean, you need at least above average to serviceable performances from your stars. And they're starting to get that. They got that in game three. They're just such a weird team. And I was actually talking to Josh, our, our past guest, about this yesterday. They really just 
don't seem to have a true identity. And I don't know if that's more on Doc or if that's more on the actual players, but they're just so weird. And that's the best word I could use to describe them lately. I think the way – so two things for the Clippers on, uh, from my end. Uh, I texted you guys this last night that if they could, they should play Zubats all 48 minutes and Montrez Harrell should just be a cheerleader because they're so much worse when he is on the floor in the playoffs. He's not the player that won him sixth man of the year. The other thing uh, I was going to say is, while Kawhi and Paul George are obviously the talent, I mean, they're the stars, the superstars on that team, it really just it, – it, you can see it since he came back. Patrick Beverly is the heart and soul of this team. Like, when he, when he is going on the defensive side is when you see that identity you're talking about. Is what I mean. Like, he, he feels like the heartbeat of the team, whereas the talent, obviously, is what everyone cares about. But when he's locked in on defense, it seems that's the only time that I notice an identity for this team. Yeah, but he funny. doesn't do anything on offense, ever. Not yeah, even but- if there's a fire. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when Lou Will's on the floor, I mean, you don't really need him to at the end of the game with Lou Will's playing well. Like, like that's you, – You talked about the identity thing for the Clippers, Joe. It, it, it's funny because here in uh, – you know, here in L.A., going to a lot of Clippers games, it, you can really tell their their new identity was something they were, they were really pushing this year, uh, which is just hilarious for a franchise that's never won anything, a franchise that's been a perennial bottom feeder and will always essentially be the little brother to the Lakers in this city. But even in their, um, you know, their production packages before the game, it was very, all the messages were like, we over, over I team over me as a, it was like, they're really going for the, yay, we're the blue collar team from the streets of LA, the Lakers, they're Hollywood, they're the celebrities, they're the money, they're the titles. They can have all that. We'll just be over here grinding as the as the blue collar team. Um, regardless of how successful that identity's been, uh, I mean, they do have a lot of guys who embody that. At least with Beverly, I think Marcus Morris embodies that a little bit. That that fuck you type attitude. Uh, Kawhi, less so uh, the blue collar thing and. Well, I mean, I guess he just puts his head down and, and doesn't say much, so he embodies that as well. But um, a lot of people have also talked about this team carrying themselves like they've won a championship already, um, you know, when they haven't. And, yeah, I, 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 have, I have no way to wrap this point up. Jeff, Jeff's waving at me because I've been talking for – No, I'm, we got some breaking news, boys. Oh, Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan's not going to be back with the Thunder next year. Which tells you that Chris Paul's getting traded. Or does it tell you that they're naming Lou Dort director of basketball? (laughs) Well, because, yeah, I I mean, I just think that to me signals that they told him, hey, uh, we're going to go further into this rebuild today. This year was fun, but I I mean, his contract was up, so it's not like they fired him or just let him go. Like his contract was up, and I think for him, any commitment for returning was solely based on the fact that they were committed to contending. Yeah, so so what's next for Billy Donovan come to Chicago? What's next for Billy Donovan, I guess, and and what's next for the well, for the Thunder would be the we we can get back to that. We can we can jump into that after we finish the Clippers thing because I I did want to make you know one comment to your point with the identity as our resident Los Angeles native, whatever whatever you are out there in. I've lived LA. here for five years now. I think I'm a I think yeah, I'm a native. Can we please? make a bonfire of those shitty Grand Theft Auto slash Saints Row uniforms that they wore last night, which are just the most plain uniforms ever with that, 
with the with the cursive script that just looks like it should be on the cover of a shitty video game. Can, from, I, can with, I get rid like, of the, the gangs the, of Saints Row? Can I get rid of the jerseys the Lakers wore yeah. game one two the purple with the black down the sides. I, that's my I I don't understand why they ever wear them. Those are bad. Yeah, the Clippers, the Clippers jersey. They're just trying so hard with those jerseys. They're that's what it is, right? It's uh, what, what was that TV show about the the tattoos, the the tattoo like Ink master masters? show? Ink Masters. Yeah, it reminds me of that too. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, that works. Said with that like Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row. Yeah, it's that it's that uh, corny font. Um, yeah, I mean, end of the day, this team needs to win something before anybody's going to take them seriously. Uh, out even inside LA, uh, I, I can't imagine. The rest of the country, you know, taking them seriously if the best they can get is a conference finals appearance. Right. They, they need Here, to win. Here's my other, only other comment on Beverly before we move on. Cut the bullshit with these comments about these other dudes flailing when you you live your entire life flailing. I don't care how tough no, he is. Not, he is not gonna arguably that. <laughs> the toughest. You know, he's one of the toughest SOBs out there. He's not afraid of anybody. But when you come out there and there's clips of you literally – having a, a double seizure backwards when nobody touches you. And, and guys, tough guys do that. Guys like Marcus Smart, Kyle Lowry have been doing it in the other series. But don't come out here and say, oh, Jokic must be like Luka flopping and flailing all over the place. Dude, they shot 10 free throws in that game. You guys shot 26. So I'm not sure you should be the one complaining about flopping and flailing. Yeah, there's been a lot of that uh, in these playoffs, as you mentioned, Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry. Near the top of it. Uh, we'll shift over, I guess, to the other series in the West. Uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook play. Well, James Harden plays exceptional in Game One, which I was pleased to see after laying into him last week. And then I'm Russell sure he Westbrook, was listening. Yeah, I, I would imagine he was. Um, that's the only reason I, I could explain why he went from a ghost to being a superstar. Uh, Russell Westbrook Speaking was, of ghosts. was good in Game One and was horrific in Game Two. Uh, I know Jeff has a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction than you guys think I'm going to. Um, the, the thing for me, obviously the biggest difference in game two from game one for me was the fact that the Lakers actually had a supporting cast that showed up and, uh, playoff Rondo, I guess is still a thing because he was plus 28 and was as much a reason as they came away with that winning game two as anything. Yeah, starting with Rondo, he was definitely better. Uh, I think he had 10 and 9. Uh, obviously, the plus 28 is crucial. But he's another dude. If he makes one three, he's going to take five more, and none of the five are going to go in. So as long as he just shies away from that, I, they need him. He, I, Whatever you think about Rondo, and I don't think very highly of him anymore, that team as currently constructed needs him to be something. He yep. was something in game two, and, and that was crucial. That was a big part of why they were able to nod it back up 1-1. Russell Westbrook, you guys think I'm going to sit here and dance on the grave because he was whatever he was in game two. It certainly wasn't a good to, basketball to, to player. But him, To quote him, he was just running around and needed to look at film to figure out how to be more effective. That is, that's that, that's fair. My big thing, the thing I'll say, we agreed on this podcast for three or four months Russell Westbrook was maybe the best version of Russell Westbrook. In the playoffs, he has completely reverted back to the old version of Russell Westbrook, who doesn't do any of the things that the new version of Russell Westbrook did. He should never take seven threes in a playoff game. He shouldn't take seven threes in an empty gym if it counts for anything other than practice. So get back to the guy you were 
when Harden was out or when Harden was limited, you guys have to figure out how to play off of each other and have to figure out who's going to be the guy at what times or else it, like using Russell Westbrook as a spot up three point shooter literally does nothing. You might as well take him off the court. They, they needed him to foul out in that game in the worst yeah. way. Because when, when he picked up his fifth foul, not only was he a huge liability on the offensive end, but then he was just laying and calling for everyone to help him. And they kept getting – they kept – that was the other thing too. I know they switched everything, but they kept letting LeBron get the ball at the top of the key with Russ on him. And it's like, well, this is a bucket because he's not playing any defense. Question for Uriah and for both of you here. In this series, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I'm, I'm really interested to see how game three goes. But it, say, okay, if you're picking just the players in that series, I'm pretty sure I would take the top two. You know, I would take the Lakers top two, and then I would literally take eight Rockets before I would take the next Laker if I'm just picking guys in order of how good I think they are or how valuable yeah. that might be a better word. Yeah, I mean, I think like, – uh, I think not, it comes down – it really comes down a, to, like, Austin how much you like Rivers Kuzma? versus Kuzma, yeah. Right, how much you like Kuzma, how much you like Danny Green. Danny Green versus Daniel House. <laughs> I, I'd rather Daniel House. No, Daniel House saying, at least but... made some shots. I mean, that's the issue with this Lakers team, right? It's it's just – Couldn't make any shots. Yeah, and we, we know what the first two are, are going to bring Except Keith Morris. <laughs> yeah. Do I expect yeah. that to happen again? No. But was it nice for them to see? Absolutely. They needed yeah. somebody to make some shots. Yeah, it, it, it's really the way this team is constructed. They need at least one of those guys to step up and hit their shots every night. And, uh, you know, who knows how, how hard that number is going to be to call uh, as they get deeper into the playoffs here. I mean, I, I think we'd all be surprised if Houston won this series, despite how they looked in game one. Um, I think they win another one. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. I think it's going to continue to be close the rest of the way. I wouldn't even be surprised if this went – six or seven at this point. Um, but if we do get a Lakers Clippers series, I mean, it's what we've been talking about all season long. As much as you can like the top two on the Lakers and, uh, you know, I think we like I think them a it's lot. Clear advantage Clippers. They're just deeper on paper at least, but, but that's where it, it doesn't necessarily translate because I think the Clippers roster we see on paper Agreed. It, it doesn't play up to the level earlier. that we'd they expect. Just, they just don't all mesh together on the same night. You never get you never get the hypothetical A plus version of the Clippers. I really don't think we've ever seen it yet. Maybe in I don't, one I don't of the Dallas game games. One was, game one was was the closest maybe against yeah. Denver, but they were exhausted. I mean, yeah, I just attribute that to I mean, those guys played their balls off for seven games and, right. and then just what was it, two nights later that they two had to come later, back yeah. and just get yeah. punched in the mouth by the deepest team in the NBA. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I mean, I will say, you know, to the point of how far the Houston LA series goes, that third quarter from the Rockets and, you know, the fact that they could get hot from three and they're going to, they can turn it up the intensity on defense. I definitely think they're going to get at least one more in this series. But Agreed. I, the Lakers just go too long without scoring in, in these games to, to not lose again to Houston at least one more time. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll shift over to the Eastern Conference, and I guess we can uh, just quickly dismiss the Milwaukee Bucks, who are on my television, thirty-six seconds away. Thanks for being, playing, guys. Spoilers, man. I still got. I'm at forty-six seconds uh, from being eliminated uh, in five to the Miami Heat. Real gritty, gutty effort from Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe in Game Four and company to force it to a Game Five. 
it's a shame that those two guys didn't play like that at any other point in the playoffs or this team may be in better, much better position, definitely still alive going into tomorrow. But Giannis doesn't play game five after re-injuring his ankle. Guys, I guess the, the bigger question I have, scale of one to ten, what's a confidence ranking in the Miami Heat making the NBA Finals regardless of opponent? Four. Four, really? You think either of those other teams? I, I, to be honest, I haven't thought about the matchup with either of the other two teams a, a lot. But I, I, it sounds like Gordon Hayward will play in the next series if Boston does manage I, I to. I think I like. Them. I think I like the Heat over the Celtics if that's who it ends up being. I, I, I just think. I, I mean, we've seen how good this Miami team can be. I, I don't. You know, I know there were picks going around for the Heat before the series, uh, but like. Realistically, anybody who picked the Heat, did did you – I'll let Joe weigh in on this. Like, how much of it was I'm 100% confident that this team's going to win and how much of it was I'm picking them because they're a nice upset pick here. And I, you know, so, if I'm going to pick an upset, this is the one I'm going to pick. No, so so for me, the reason that I picked them was because the Bucks just did not look good the entire time they've been in the bubble. Like, their defense did not look like the team that was number one. Uh, the variety of – defenders that they had in terms of bodies to throw at Giannis was a factor for me. And ultimately I trusted Tyler hero and Goran Dragic and those guys to make a bucket over any of the backcourt members of the Milwaukee bucks was real. Like just watching the bucks in the bubble was what it was solely based off. They, they were a shell of the team that they were in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, if we're going back to a conversation we had last week, if you swap Milwaukee and Miami's backcourts, that team's, I mean, the Milwaukee team's winning or probably going to the finals easy. Yeah, I mean, backcourts- Tyler Hero would have, I mean, he, he would have been the second best player on Milwaukee in this series. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I mean and, and he wasn't like, and Goran Dragic was so much, was, has been so much better than God. Tyler Hero, but that Tyler, that's how bad the backcourt minus game four has been for Milwaukee. So yeah, do we do we think I know it doesn't matter here because the matchup was Bucks Heat, but do we think the Celtics and the Raptors both would have beaten the Bucks as well? It's a good question. It really is. because uh, I'm not so sure. I, I think this was a really good matchup. And the this way is the, Heat the only team, the, the only team in the East that beat the Bucks twice during the regular season was the Heat. I mean, I, I'll say this: the way the backcourt played for Toronto in Games One and Two against Boston. Milwaukee probably would have won those games. Like, like, I mean, obviously it's, you can't say how they would have played against another opponent, but with how bad Toronto shot from three, the first two games, Milwaukee very easily could have been up to well. Yeah. I, I think the thing with the heat here is I think Toronto matches up really well against the heat. And I just think the Celtics are better than the heat. That's, that's why I have Miami at a four. Obviously they've looked great. I think it's kind of been the perfect storm in this series against Milwaukee. Um, Could I see them going to the finals? Absolutely. That's why I have it at a four. I mean, I'm just putting it just under 50-50 just because I I feel that I would pick either of the other teams in seven, but I wouldn't be super comfortable uh, saying that the Heat aren't going to the finals. I I think if Boston does prevail – I, I feel pretty good about Boston being 
Just because I, I just think those wings are are way tougher for Miami to match up with than the Bucks wings are. Right, and that's my thing. Also, like Jalen Brown has exceedingly proved himself to be a excellent defender in these playoffs, and I don't think he's going to send Jimmy Butler to the free throw line fifty times like the Bucks did. Like that's and let's be realistic as good as he was in this series for Miami. If Goran Dragic has to taste chase around Campbell Walker for 35 minutes, he ain't giving you the offense he gave you in this series. Yeah. They don't have a player where you could hide him on a West Matthews or when Eric Bledsoe is not at his best on offense, where you don't have to worry as much, especially about him as a jump shooter. Yeah. I guess you're, you're putting Dragic on Marcus smart. I don't know. Yeah, and Marcus Bart might mess around and make five threes in a quarter. Yeah. We could see we could see a rest factor here, at least in game one, if the Celtics and Raptors end up going a couple more games. If they just play one, probably won't be too big of a deal. Uh, on that same note, we could actually end up with a situation here where we're we're like four or five games into the Eastern Conference Finals before the Western Conference Finals even get started. Right? If the Celtics yeah. win tomorrow, they'd presumably start on Friday. And uh, what? That's... We'd only be through like five games. We'd be of the through Western four, Conference four, series by the weekend. Four, yeah, four by the end of the weekend. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, it depends on how how those two. Yeah, series I mean, but are. like you're saying, they they could be they could be at least four days ahead, which would put them two games. They'll be playing game three when game one of the Western yeah, Conference Finals. I know like, their schedule is pretty fluid, so it would be interesting to see if they would give the East that advantage. Because I know they want to play these games as quick as possible and get everybody out of the bubble as quick as possible if they can. But I don't know if you could say, okay, let's play these East games and now just let one of them sit there for a week while the West games finish up and then say, okay, time for the finals. It could it yeah. could very much be predicated on, like, maybe they make that decision based on where the Western series are. Like, yeah, they, they could basically say, okay, these are going to game six and they're both – you know, they're they're both three to two or whatever. So we're going to start this game the day after those game sixes. And at least if one of those series ends, yeah, if, uh, if, it'll be if interesting. The Clippers and Lakers are both up three one. You may say the East start a little earlier. I think I think these I think they might be hoping that Toronto gets it to a game seven to uh, to kind of right. stretch that out a little bit. Right. Uh, another quick question on this. Just what we have. Does it matter that the Bucks didn't get swept here? Like, do you guys think if the Bucks get swept instead of losing in five, it it changes anything about what they do moving forward? Changes anything about what might happen with Bud? What might happen with the rest if, of the roster? If to, my answer would be, if Giannis didn't get hurt, it would have mattered for me. But because Giannis did get hurt, it don't mean a damn thing. Yeah, that's fair. Agreed. That win. I mean, it was a nice win. It was good for them to kind of play with a, a little bit of a supercharged effort after he got hurt, but doesn't really do anything for me either way i still not i'm still not sure bud's going to be the guy to get them where they need to go and it's really up to that organization to figure out if Giannis thinks that bud's the guy to to get them where he needs to go well well and, you know listen we we already talked about billy donovan going it seems like chris paul might very well be on the trade market again you, you figure out a way to get him that, that, that's i mean yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know a move that's more clear-cut for milwaukee and figuring out a way to get Chris Ball. You, you probably have to get off the Bledsoe money to do it, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm putting middle, like, I'll put Middleton in it. I don't, I don't, if it, if for me, I, I don't know if that, that team's going, getting there with just Chris Paul and Giannis. Well, I mean, you get Chris Paul, Giannis, you, you still have Brooke Lopez for a couple, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, eh. 
if if it takes putting no, but I'm saying it. I'm the, saying the East me, is getting better. I think they're no. That's tough. My, my my point is, if it takes putting Chris Middleton in the deal to get Chris Ball, I'm doing it. Like I'm not. I'm not being like, ah, eh, you know what? Mm, I don't think maybe, I'm doing that. Maybe we'll run it back. I, I don't think I'm doing that because you have maybe. I mean, next year realistically with the the history we've seen with shorter older point guards i i mean he was amazing this year but i don't know how how long we can count on a 36 37 year old chris paul doing what he did this year and if you're going to give you know if you're going to give up a reasonably cost effective 29 year old to do that and without i mean i don't know if that even makes them the best team in the east that's a tough sell for me i mean for me if Giannis has an open mind, I, I got to do whatever it takes to convince him. Yeah, I mean, if that's what Giannis wants, but I don't know that Giannis is probably is saying, hey, guys, let's trade Middleton, get him out of here. No, but I'm, I think having Chris Paul would be – I don't know. I, I just I, – I, I'm not saying that, you know, that's – I'm immediately being like, hey, you guys have Chris Middleton. But I'm saying if push comes to shove and I could find a way to add another role player with my mid-level exception or whatever it may be. I don't think you're going to have that if you trade for Paul. I mean, you're bringing in like $41 million next year. I don't think that mid-level is going to be there. You're right. You want to make a comment on that as the guy who studied all this stuff? I mean, if they're swapping out equal contracts. What's Chris Paul making? 44 Yeah, I think it might be. Is that right? <laughs> but if they're swapping out equal right? contracts, but, why, why wouldn't but they, they have They're going to have to – they're going to have to swap out like four guys to, to do that. And they're not going to have any money left to pay anybody else. What does is, what is, what is Middleton make? 20... 28 maybe. So him and Bledsoe get you there. Chris Paul's owed. I, I don't know what's enticing 41. Oklahoma City. I don't know. 41 I mean, next Middleton. year. 44 the following year. And that's a player option that he has already exercised. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Middleton makes 20... Well, Middleton makes uh, 33 next year. Yeah, so him and Bledsoe get you there easily. Right. That would get that. Sure Is that enough for OKC? Well, I mean, what's the incentive there of your OKC for taking on? It's Middleton. I mean, you're, yeah, you're saying we're we getting believe an all, that we you're getting can, an all-star caliber player to put. We on believe the that we have our ball. number two guy. We just have to find our number one guy. So we think That's our team. What, we think our number one guy is. So Middleton's the number two guy. Yeah, our number one. Well, he's the number he's three not a number guy. one guy. Let's be very sure. real about that. No, I mean he he f- steps in for the Gallinari that they're not. They're saying pay. they're saying we think Darius Baisley is the number one guy. I, see, I think the I think the Thunder would rather keep Chris Paul than pay a guy who's not a number one guy and Chris Middleton uh, thirty five million dollars a year over my, the next four years. Personally, but last thing I'll say on the matter, I don't know what they're doing with what OKC is going to look like next year, Joe. There's no reason for them to accept that trade. They want to. Get, if they're going to trade Chris Paul, they want to get bad. They don't want to get maybe seven seed in the West again. They want to get bad. But I feel like they got to move so many people to get as bad as you're actually saying. Like, it's not just moving Chris Paul. <laughs> I don't think Gallinari's coming back. And no. No, but I mean. Steven Adams is always movable. Steven Adams stinks now. I, I don't think that team's very good with it. I mean, it's Shea. That's it. Hey, yeah. it should have been six man of the year, Dennis Schroeder. No. I mean, we're going, we're going way off uh, track. Yeah, we, we, we've, we've, off we've gone off the rails too quick. <laughs> Let's get to this draft quick. All right, so uh, we're going to keep Bucks players included because at the start of this podcast, they were still in the NBA playoffs. Uh, we're going to draft 
our top 15 players, we're going to make a starting lineup of the players. Yeah, so not not even necessarily top 15. We just, yeah. however, we want to put it together. And th- like when this, I take playoff uh, Rondo with my first pick, you guys will be tilting a little bit. That's what I'm saying. I mean, is, is playoff how playoff Giannis? Where's playoff Giannis going to go? How, yeah, how how are are you doing? Is this going to be similar to the confidence thing, sort of? In, in yeah, that I mean, you're like you're putting together playoffs, a team for a playoff series. Okay, you're putting together this team for a playoff series to win the finals. So whether whether you take their regular season more into account and believe in the talent, or you take their playoff performance this year and say that's what I believe is is right, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, so the draft order is myself, then Uriah, then Jeff. Uh, so for me, I will take that. This one is a no-brainer for me. That being a that I have the number one pick. I'm taking Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think he is everything you want in the playoffs. The the pace, the patience, the ability on both sides of the floor. Uh, he's proven last year he can carry a team to a title. And uh, for my money at this point, he's playing like the best player in the world. I really thought you were going to go Dwight there. Right. He made my list. We got 15 picks. He might, he might be my center. Not a shot, but maybe. He's not even playing against the Rockets right now. Uh, all right. Well, easy pick here. Number two for me, I'm taking LeBron. I had already written LeBron in for Joe at number one. Uh, I, I, I get it. I, you know, I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think either Kawhi or LeBron would have been a, a wrong number one pick. Obviously the resume speaks for both of them. Kawhi has been on another level. He's younger. He's, uh, you know, probably got a lot more left in the tank to give you in a, in a seven game series, but I'll take LeBron here, take the pedigree and, and take the guy I trust in the playoffs uh, more so than anybody else in the league. All right. So I'm going to take AD. I think um, question. Would, would you have taken Giannis if the bucks hadn't just lost to the heat? Well, I'm, I'm, I might be about, well, you to have take the second Giannis pick. With- but but would you have taken Davis over Giannis with the third pick? Keeper style for a fantasy draft. He wants Giannis so, in the second round next year. <laughs> I think in the playoffs. I'm just curious. Yes, because I think in the playoffs, shooting becomes even more important than it is on a regular basis. And I think if I'm picking a regular season player, I'm taking Giannis over anybody for 82 games. But if if I'm playoff basketball, which is really completely different at this point. I need somebody that can at least step away a little bit. And I'm going to take Anthony Davis in that regard. Uh, everything. I mean, I think he gives you maybe one slight notch below what Giannis gives you on defense. And I think he gives you, uh, you know, a little bit more playoff offense uh, in the, you know, in a single game series. So I'm going to take AD here. And I don't know if I love pairing him with Giannis but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that this was a little bit of an aberration. The series just didn't go his way. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, okay, if he was so you – know, he was obviously not great in this series, but not great for him ended up being like 23, 12, and 6. So okay, I mean, he had 29, go, 14 in game three. I'm going to go with, uh, with AD and Giannis. I mean, the guy scored 19 points in 11 minutes before going out in game four and – ended up as the second leading scorer in 11 minutes for that Milwaukee team. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, still sticking with him. I'm just going to say um, your first overall pick is already anti the team because he hates playing the five. 
And I think that's exactly where you're going to have him penciled. Well, right now. <laughs> Giannis will be willing to play the five, so he'll oh, appease yeah. Anthony Davis. Well, and, and with Giannis too, even if it's even if it's not so much there on offense during the playoffs because because the shooting component isn't there, you still have probably the best defender in the league and, and a guy who's going to be able to lock up Kawhi and LeBron on our teams, assuming these teams would play each other. So. You know, I I wouldn't have let him slide past five. There's no way I was going to let Joe come back and grab fucking Giannis on the turn there. Oh, this wasn't going to be Carl Malone. (laughs) No, not until Giannis uh, impregnates a 16 year old. And oh boy, even younger. Younger. I don't even have my facts straight. Younger. No, we don't need to go there. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anti Carl Uh, Malone. So Joe, uh, Jeff's already got a big. There's enough of those to go around. I, I'm going to take the guy that I know Joe wants here at six. I think he's the best wing player left uh, and would be a great pairing with LeBron. I'm taking Jason Tatum. Uh, feeling great about it. He's been, you know, excellent in the playoffs uh, so far this year, so far in his career, and uh, only going to get better. So feel good about that pairing. Tatum and LeBron on the wing, and I know – or, or LeBron at the one, and I know Joe would have taken Tatum if I hadn't there. Yep, you're uh, you're 100 percent correct. Uh, you know, you know, and they could have had this pairing, and instead they decided to take your boy Lonzo Ball. But that's that's a whole nother uh, conversation. Uh, so I got the double pick here. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna take another dog. I'm gonna take Jimmy Butler. Uh, I want Jimmy. Butler. I thought about taking him over Giannis. I want, I want Jimmy Butler and I want Kawhi Leonard, and I just want to ruin everyone's day. Um, good luck scoring on those two with your two wings, Uriah. I feel like that's as good of a way of combating it as I could have possibly come up with. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's one big man that that clearly stands out amongst the rest. So I will take point Joker to be my five man and uh, join Jimmy and Kawhi. So everything that you gain from those two on defense, you'll just give back up with the big guy. Yeah, but now I got a little bit more floor spacing. You know, he can be my point guard. No, I'm just <laughs> That's a good uh, pick he, there. He, he's a body. They could, you know, if someone gets by him, they're going to be tired from beating Jimmy and Kawhi and won't, won't have to do as much work for Nikola Jokic. I, I would have taken him if he was there. Um, hmm. Got an issue here. Because I, I, clearly the best player available is James Harden, right? But does anybody really want James Harden on their team in the playoffs to, to win a playoff series? Uh, if especially it gets back to me, if it like, gets back to me I, I probably will take <laughs> That's fair at that point. I got two um, defenders. I'll take the shooter. Yeah, I mean, I really want no part of him or Westbrook, who I would argue are probably – or Paul George, who I would argue are probably the – the best players available. So I'm going to go with fit here. I'm going to go with a guy who's good defensively. He's kind of a Swiss army knife on offense. I think he'll fit in well with LeBron running the point and Tatum out on the wing. I'm taking uh, bam out of bio leaving James Harden on the board. A So with that pick, I'm going to take the two guys you don't want because my team is going to be absolutely fucking stacked. Uh, I'll take James James Harden and Paul George. Uh, basically, you're adding another 6'10 wing stopper to my team of 6'10 wing and post stoppers. And then, James, you want to take the night off on defense? Go ahead. I got Paul George, AD, and Giannis backing you up. You can expend all your energy on the offensive end. 
And he doesn't even take nights off anymore. Like that's that 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 identity is kind of gone for. I know, but I'm letting him. I'm telling. No, him I'm just saying, it. like to the to the comment though. Like he he doesn't do that anymore, and I feel like more people need to acknowledge that. He takes nights off on the offensive end now. Yeah, just you know, in game six and seven when it matters most. Damn, I don't like this middle pick. It's it's not fun to be to be cherry pick when you guys both have two picks on either side. Oh man, I do not know what I want to do here. So, you could take a Chris Middleton, pair him on the wing with Tatum potentially. I just don't know how I feel about these point guards: Westbrook, Kemba, Jamal Murray, Kyle Lowry. I already have LeBron who could presumably fill that role, but I don't necessarily need to have him on the ball at all times. Mm. Mm. All right. I'll, I'll take Chris Middleton. Going to have Middleton and Tatum on the wing. So bronze we'll point, point I'm assuming for you. Most likely, most likely we'll see which point guards are still here when it comes back to me. Cause there's another guy I have my eye on who I might want to put back there. But, uh, Man, I don't like my team, guys. I'll say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not like the way this has shaken out. Good Lord. That's Good Lord. amazing. Yeah. That is that is amazing. Um, all right. So I got the double pick here to round out my team. I'm going to take Kemba to be my point guard. Uh I know Jamal Murray was sensational for four of the seven games against the Jazz, but I'm going to take the guy that I think I just can count on to be more efficient. I know he's had a couple of stinkers on the offensive end, but I just trust Kemba more in these moments. Maybe it's the cardiac Kemba from his college days still, but I'll trust him, and I think uh, he'll play well off of my my two wings. And now to round out my lineup – this is uh this is tough. Um having a really hard time with this last pick. Marcus Mars is still available. <laughs> I know Andrew Jackson's still available. See see here's my here's my thing. Like the obvious fit I feel like is Pascal Siakam for my team. But I don't know if I can, but I don't know if I can trust him. But I feel but then, you know, when I look at my team and I got Kemba and Jimmy and Kawhi, like I don't need Pascal Siakam to be That's fair. Number one player on the team, Pascal Siakam. Um I got that also, might actually be the perfect role. Yeah, and he can be versatile on defense. He can help me with all the size on the wing that you guys all have. Part of me really wants to take one of Robert Covington and PJ Tucker just because I love the way they play. Yeah, PJ's but, so cool. Um, I'll take Pascal Siakam. I, I, okay. I just I think with the rest of my team, it alleviates all of the concerns. And if I get a good Pascal Siakam team, I, it's going to be really tough to beat this five. Before I make my pick, a couple uh, – and, and agreed, Joe. I mean, my team's definitely not beating you. I fucking hate my team, and I might just – well, anyway. A couple breaking news items before <laughs> I, I complete my uh, my trash team here. Um, Mark Stein is saying that a lot of rival teams expect the Bucks to explore trading for Chris Paul, so we were right on with that. And Jeff Woj says that the Bulls are expected to have an interest in considering Billy Donovan, so there you go. I'm sure he'll at least can, interview Can I ask – can I counter – 
Woj and just say why wouldn't they have an interest in <laughs> why wouldn't they have an interest in in a in an NBA head coach who just made the playoffs coaching who, their team who did a, who did a very good job of coaching <laughs> right. young guys once upon a time and at the collegiate level and in in an OKC like he's got the track record uh, who had to be like top five in coach of the year voting this year as well he was third um, second second he was second yeah um, all right so I, I was thinking about Jamal Murray here <laughs> because. You know, you, uh, obviously you take the good with the bad, but the, the good is so good. Um, but considering how I feel about my team at this point, I, I think I'm just going to blow it up and take Russell Westbrook here. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not even trying for Your fit at this point. So bad. I just need to get some talent on this team. I don't know what happened. Um, you I don't just know gave how. Jeff Jamal Murray, too. I took Middleton. I'm not taking Jamal Murray. I, I, I was just looking at the, the lineup. Yeah, I. I should have taken Siakam is what I should have done. I had him too far down on my list. I should have taken him over Middleton. The the Bam pick I don't feel bad about, but I, I, I really like the Bam pick. I think that's Bam is the ideal center for the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think, I think he's the were, center of the future, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. I think if, the the only issue with that is how many guys are going to be able to do that. Yeah, my my thing was uh, the moment AD went off the board. I was like, all right, I got to get Jokic or Bam. Like, if I get one of those two, I'm very happy. Uh, so I don't see any any fault with the Bam pick. I think the Middleton pick is where it went south. Then I, there, I, I just could have done something. He was better. at the top of my list when you took. And him. He was the best player available, I think. Right? Or playoff think, player? I don't know. You can make an argument for Russell Westbrook, but I just yeah. Well, thanks for making excuses for me, guys. But uh, so you're I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even put Westbrook on my list. My last pick is Russell Westbrook here. We're just gonna fucking go uh, fully weird, as weird as possible here. So I'm not gonna overthink this one. Final pick of the draft. I'm gonna take Kyle Lowry. The dude is tougher than nails. He's going to get it done. He's going to compete. He's going to fight on defense. He's not going to care that he's the fifth option on offense. He can knock down open threes. He's going to do anything he needs to to help my team win. And so that's why I'm going to take him to round out my starting five of Kyle Lowry, James Harden, Paul George, AD, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. You've got uh, a lot of defensive intensity and a bull in James Harden when he wants to be. Like My it. team's got a lot of something. So just before we, you guys can read off your teams here in a second, the only player that I feel bad that didn't get selected is Jalen Brown. Okay, so uh, I, I think, think it's him. I was going to say it's him and Jamal Murray. Him and Murray, yeah. I, I'm getting to Murray. Okay. I like Jamal Murray. I think he's a nice player. But it's amazing what Jamal Murray is as a player when he doesn't shoot 60% from three and 60% from the field like that. Who he was for four games is never who anybody should have expected him to be. He's a nice player. Maybe he takes a leap and gets to like a 22, 23, a game score who does it a little more efficiently than he's been, but he's not going to be, I mean, he'll have his heat check games where he goes for 40 plus, but you can't ever expect that to happen again in a single series for Jamal Murray. And I'll stand by that. Well, but that's, that's what, you know, when I said I was considering, you know, him like that, in this seven-game series against Utah, he had three games like you're talking about. Agreed. I'm saying I don't ever expect it to happen again. I think everything 
just clicked at the right time. That matchup of him and Mitchell just kind of feeding off of each other. No, I'm saying he had three. Ends. He had three games that were not great, is what I meant. He had four. Oh, right, right, right. Games, and he had, but like in that's what I'm saying. In that same series that everyone couldn't stop talking about, he played three games. Agreed. Where he was. The player that, that people thought shouldn't have got that contract. When when he doesn't make shots, he doesn't do anything. When other players don't make shots, they impact the game in other ways, and I just don't think he does. It's, and it's just the consistency that's not there. Yeah, and he's 23. Maybe it does. Like like I said, he can certainly improve. I, I definitely believe he's probably – his real value is probably somewhere in between what he's been in the regular season and obviously what everybody saw in the first round of the playoffs. But I, I, I don't think that we can be expected to crown him over four playoff games. No, I agree. I, I, I think behind Lowry, Kemba, Westbrook, Harden uh, is where he had to be. I would have taken him over Jalen Brown, though. I wouldn't have. I mean, it would have just hoping, on, just hoping that I get the rest of my. Because if I if I get the four, yeah, that's true. That's a that's a team construction pick. I'll, I'll give you that. If, if I get the series he played against Utah, I, I think I I think he's valuable to the team. If you get four four games where he goes supernova, I, I think that's worth it. Yeah, I think you're ideally hoping for two or three in the future. Like I think you'd be really lucky to get four games like that ever again. I mean, there's a reason it's basically never been done, the point totals that him and Mitchell put up. Right. Okay, so now so now my question to you guys. Uh, as Read off up. your teams first before we get oh, into anything so, else. Do so I have I to? Have, <laughs> so I have uh, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Point Joker at the five. And I have uh, – we're going to run LeBron at the four here. We're going we're gonna to let Westbrook run the show. Just go fully weird. We'll do uh, oh. Russell Westbrook, uh, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Bam Adebayo. I know you guys uh, – You guys, I, I don't even think I'd want to watch a playoff series uh, with my team in it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, it's a tough sell. I'll, I'll watch them play the ball. I'll watch for LeBron. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, no, nah, so what I was going to say – oh, Jeff, do you want to one more time say your team? Oh, yeah, Lowry, Harden, PG, AD, Giannis. So one, one I was going to say as a, as a joke, uh, if, if you had to pick a sixth man from what's remaining of the Rockets and the Lakers, who would your pick be? Mm. Either PJ or Rocco. Yeah. Probably lean Rocco. Yeah, it might be Covington for me. I just think that's kind of like Robert if I just because just he can do so much. If I had to pick from the rest of the guys, I'd take Tyler Hero as my sixth man any day of the week. I thought about picking Hero. That and dude, Robinson. That dude's tougher than I could have ever imagined. As was, you know, coming out as as a rookie, he was terrible in Game Four, and then he came down and hit those two huge threes to give them a chance. I mean. He hadn't seen anything go in the entire game. And for a 20-year-old kid, first year in the NBA, to do that in the playoffs, that was insanely impressive. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to inspire a, a generation of suburban white kids uh, to, to reach for the stars and try to make the NBA. You know, it, it, there haven't been enough opportunities for, for players like that, you know, suburban kids from, uh, you know, affluent backgrounds. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, it, you know, it's just really nice to see that those avenues are going to be opened up by a guy like Hero having success like this in the playoffs. 
Oh, no, I fucking love Tyler, Tyler Hero, though. He's a badass. I follow him on Instagram. I think his fashion's cool as hell. I want to be him, you know, all, all that all that stuff. It's just, it's so cool to watch these guys that Cal doesn't let do anything at Kentucky flourish in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I shouldn't speak like I watch a lot of college basketball, but. Yeah, but now you got Kenny Payne, so now, you, you know, you're all in. I'm not going to start watching Kentucky games because the next in on the Kentucky way is because the Knicks are the the Knicks are blowing smoke up everyone's asses that they're the that they're going to get all the Kentucky guys now. Is it time to go off the rails? Uh, The Knicks usually get us there, so we can do that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. The noises are on. There was somebody yelling on the on the thing. Uh, I have trivia. I can start us off with that. Take it. Uh, All right. So with the Bucks losing today, they are now the eighth number one seed since 2000 to lose before the conference finals. Uh, How many of the other ones can you give me? There's seven others, and three of them uh, were number one overall seeds. The Bucks were just the fourth number one overall seed to lose before the conference finals. Of all, or just Eastern. Uh, uh, either either conference number one the Spurs. Seeds. Yep. Oh, was uh, that twenty thirteen? So twenty eleven. Eleven. Okay. They lost to Memphis in round one. Yep. Yeah, I, Wait, I was gonna say that was. Again? What's ever? that, Joe? What's the timetable on this? Was there? Was there? Uh, since two thousand. So, so the Mavericks would be another. When Dirk won the MVP. Yep. Sixty-seven win Mavs. That was a uh, number one overall seed as well. The Hawks. Yeah. Uh, no. They oh, made the they made the conference finals. finals that year. That's right. Uh, the Bulls. Yeah, the, the Bulls. Bulls yep. They lost to the 11, Sixers. Bulls. That was another. Uh, they were they were tied for the best record. Number one. So that's Bulls. three. Uh, how many that's are we? Three of. To name? Uh, you have four more. Okay. Um, We got another Spurs team since you already said it. Oh, okay. Was that? That's a one, right? To the no. What was the What was the Spurs? That's team? early. What was the Spurs team that lost to the Lakers? Weren't they a one seed? That sounds I don't know right. If they were one. Well, uh, it was. It, it well, was. It might, oh, been, it might have been in the conference finals. I don't remember. I was just. I just remember they were a one seed when they got beat by the Lakers in a one. It was it was oh five oh six. They lost to the okay. Mavs in round two. Uh, so there's three left. So okay. Um, two uh, two since 2010 and one. Um, it's 2010. One in the ten years, the first ten years of the of the 2000s. Were the Cavs on one seed when they lost to the Magic? It was the Cavs, but they lost to Boston. It was the year uh, 09 10. Gotcha. Uh, yep. LeBron's last yep. year with Cleveland. Yep. So then what did. So they were number one. Lakers overall lose. As well. Did the Lakers lose one year? Not prior to the conference finals. As there's got to be, a, there's gotta be a, a Suns team. Nope. Nope. <laughs> These last two are within the last 10 years. Oh. Within the last 10 years. One of these teams is still remaining in the playoffs right now. 
the other team was a playoff team, but has been eliminated. Were the Pacers the one seed? Nope. No. No. Uh, they well, they were the one seed. I think they it was conference finals every time they lost to with, Miami with Hibbert and Paul George yep. and yep Lance. Yeah, France blown in years. Celtics. Nope. Nope. I'm out. I mean, I can Toronto, go through and name the rest Toronto of the teams, but I, I don't have a real guess. Yeah, Toronto, oh, got it. Toronto, did Toronto. It, uh, 2017, 18. Yeah. Yep. They were the one. They got. They swept, were the one right? seed. Yeah, they got yeah, swept. They got swept. Yeah. By Cleveland Oof. in round two. Oh, is that? That's when the Demar and Lowry can't do shit in the playoffs thing started. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. When, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want me to just give you guys the last one? Yeah. yeah. 2012, 13. Any guess? So that was 12, the Knicks 13. were the two that year. Right, or the Knicks, the two in thirteen, fourteen. The Knicks were the two that year. I think was twenty twelve, thirteen. Yeah. It, it was OKC that year. They lost to Memphis ah. in round two. Ah, grit and grind, baby. Yep. So Memphis responsible for two of these uh, one seed yeah. shit early exits. Grit and grind, baby. Yeah, uh, the same team pretty much too, because one was in twenty eleven, one was in twenty thirteen. So yeah, so Conley, Gasol, and Zebo, Tony Allen with, yep. with Tony Allen. Play, yep, playing defense. Yeah. All right, that's all I got for trivia. Joe? Uh, I mean, I, I just – what uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but I wanted to just ask you guys, if Giannis leaves Milwaukee, where do you actually want to see him play? The Knicks? Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> no, bias, no bias involved. What, like, what, basketball-wise, where do you actually want to play? Uh, Miami. Miami, honestly, yeah, Miami would be fucking awesome. I think you slot him in on the team they have right now, and it's just like it, you slot him in in like the Iguodala spot, basically. And, and you've just got—I mean—that team is easily my favorite to win the finals. Well, maybe I'll walk that back a little bit. Considering what we've seen <laughs> from Giannis in the playoffs, I mean, you're—you'd be—you're a team with Giannis and Jimmy Butler as your best two players. Uh, outside shooting could become an issue. Well, I mean, the I mean if you're getting them in free agency, you've theoretically still got Hero and Duncan Robinson. So. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So, for my prompt, this isn't really a no prompt. No one wants to more see Giannis so. in Golden State. Mm, no, I'm 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 past. I mean, that. Uh, okay, morbid curiosity. Yes, yes, I do want to see some games of Giannis playing with Steph and Clay. Absolutely. I'm assuming Draymond's gone in this scenario to make the to make the salaries work. Sure. Yeah. But. uh it's, doesn't yes, matter. but like no, not for the NBA. I, I do not want the Warriors to win more titles. Uh, you know, instead of a good prompt, can we just bitch about the top uh, NBA three, the NBA two K three point shooting rankings? Because you get the new game this weekend. No, I, I won't get it because of well, not because of this. You're the game stinks, it. but no, I won't. No, I will I didn't, not. I'm not going to get it this year either. Uh, I don't. I, I didn't get it last year until it was. Ba- I didn't get the last two years until it was basically free. Months later, they were have, giving it away for free on PlayStation. Yeah, that, I haven't owned the video game system since college, so I'm definitely not getting. I I, I did get Madden. Madden's good. Gross. I, I won a Super Bowl with uh, Tyrod Taylor on the Chargers. Yeah, it was it was fun. Nice. Uh, Tyrod anyway. is basically Lamar Jackson light. But anyway, all right. So, <laughs> the crux of this is they decided. Duncan Robinson is the 16th best three-point shooter sure. in the NBA. So here's the questions. I'm going to make this not, not quite trivia because I don't expect you to actually know the answers to this. But 
we're going to go through some of the guys above him, and you're going to tell me how many career three-pointers do you think these guys have made? Okay. So the first man who is the 12th best three-point shooter in, the, in NBA 2K, despite the fact that, what do you know? He's not in the NBA. <laughs> Dante Cunningham is the 12th best three-point shooter in NBA 2K. How many career three-pointers do you think Dante Cunningham has made in the 10 years he was in the NBA? 340. 80. The answer is 216, which is 60, almost 60 less than Duncan Robinson made this year. Nice. Next up. Nice. How many? All right. Yeah, that's the basis we need. How many did Duncan Robinson make this year? 270. Okay. When Steph in his best year made what? Like four, four? 402. 402. Okay. All right. Number 11. Jared Dudley. I won't make you guess because <laughs> he's made a good amount of threes in his career. He's, he's up near 1,000. Has he played three minutes in these playoffs? I, I don't know, but he only played 364 minutes this year. <laughs> I love Duncan Jared Robinson's Dudley. almost played more minute, uh, made more threes than he played minutes. What, uh, right. What's his career percentage? 39%. Good three-point shooter. How many attempts, don't, though? Uh, 2,241. Or like, uh, like per, per so he's 700. He shoots 2.5 three-pointers per game. Yeah, I mean, that's... So he's made like it's, it's not that hard to be up around he, 40%. But you know, he has made... Over 700. No, in the last four years... Oh, last four years. He's made less than 200 three-pointers. <laughs> oh, no. Are you yeah, going to make your way to number one or... I yeah, wanted, one, I'm only, I mean, the ones well, at the so top on, aren't I, that egregious. I need some I more info. Know, I really just want to know who was number one, but if you're going to get that. what, what, What is Duncan Robinson's three-point rating in the game? 87. And what's the highest? Jeez. 99. Uh, 99. The highest. It is a 99. What, I didn't know. And what is Dante Cunningham? And what is... Uh, Dante Cunningham's uh, an 88. Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley's also an 88. Now we get up to 89. This is my favorite one. Okay. Derek Walton Jr. <laughs> okay. Is he still in the league? He played three games in the – no, he played 26 Clippers, games right? in the NBA this year. 23 oh, yeah. for the Clippers, three it, it, for Detroit. If he walked into my house right now, I wouldn't know who he was. How many career three-pointers do you think Derek Walton Jr. has made? Six. Oh, yeah. I'm going to uh, – 30? 17. Oh, but wow. better three-point shooter than Duncan Robinson. That's, That's what I would say. Wow. So, so that feels like one where they had the rating. It, it, it feels like it's like left over. From, it's like something they forgot to correct, right? Like they, they took it from, when they first created the Derek Walton. I don't Jr. know if they're just counting his G yeah. League shots, <laughs> right? Or wherever. Number seven, a ninety-three point shooter. Ooh. Rodney Hood. Didn't even play. He has made five hundred and eighty-three career three pointers at a thirty-seven percent clip. The most three-pointers he ever made in a year is 161, so far less than Duncan at a much lower clip at 36%. You're very upset about this. Well, no, then you get into the ones that are reasonable. Well, hold, hold Number on, six. Hold on. For, for Rodney Hood, that was last year's playoffs, right, that he went off? Yeah. Yeah, so they he just watched, really they well watched, this, they watched the playoffs. He shot really and, well in 1920 from three before he got hurt, but it was like 71 attempts. Right, right. So they, they, watched, they watched the big games where he was going off. And, Correct. Uh, and they know, said, huh, that guy could shoot. They right, reflect that, right. Six, five, four, no issues. We got Seth Curry, J.J. Redick, Trey Young. Is, 
it depends on whether or not they have off the catch and off the dribble because obviously Trey's a better three-point shooter off the dribble. I'd take Duncan Robinson in an off-the-catch competition. But again, I won't argue with that one. Number three, this dude undoubtedly an elite shooter. But he played 41 games in his NBA career and has made 47 three-pointers. Matt Thomas is number three. Oh, for the Raptors. Is he still on the Raptors, or is yeah, he? Dude, he yes. played yesterday. He is still on the same. Okay. And then Clay and Steph at one and two. But boy, Matt when Thomas I saw that, three. wow! Where, what's what's kind what, of where did that come from? Corver wasn't in the top sixteen. Corver's lower than the likes of Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Nemanja Bjelica. Oh, Bjelica, yeah, assassin, and what? of course Doug McDermott. Dougie McBuckets. What is Matt Thomas's three-point rating then? Ninety-two. It's be up over ninety. Ninety-two. Wow. All right. Well, that's one I mean, career threes. I can almost oh, get over the other ones because of how egregious that last one is. Having him above S- Steph Curry. Do you have like think this in front of you? Like, if I asked you, who's the highest three-point shooter on the Rockets right now, according to them? No, I only have the top fifteen up. Okay, that's fine. I didn't know if you had like the website up that showed you. No, I don't want to. I don't want to frequent their website and give them any more business. Fine. Embarrassing. I was just curious, you know, if like Robert Covington is now the best three point shooter on the the right. Jeff Green because he's been shooting well, or Jeff Green. Yeah, it's Jeff Green. That's all I had. I I had to get Matt that off my chest. Wow, I was too angry. I'm just trying Eric to figure Walton out how that junior? Matt Thomas. Yeah, Matt Thomas Dante Cunningham has a play in the NBA since 2018-19. I'll give. Uh, well, hey, I'm going to buy the game, and I'm going to sign him to my team. He's a hell of a three-point shooter. Yeah, man, you want that guy <laughs> as a 10th guy off on the – Signing him on the Knicks. Dante Cunningham, baby. I, I'm definitely more upset about Derek Walton Jr. than I am Matt Thomas. Right. Matt Thomas, great shooter. He was l- easily the best shooter in the G League. You could argue he's probably best a top 15 shooter in the world if you're just putting guys and saying, make a three. Don't do anything else. He's the best three-point shooter on his NBA. I mean, Duncan Robinson oh, shot like – he he, I, he led the NBA and contested three-point shooting percentage this year. What? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And this is my issue with Thomas. Like, you can say he's a good three-point shooter, but the way these ratings translate in the game is the higher your rating, the more likely the same shot is to go in for that player than it is for another player. So you're right. playing this game, and you're going you're gonna to be able to make nine, nine of 15 threes with Matt Thomas from the same spot that you're going to only make seven uh, with, want, with Seth Curry or Trey Young or I wanna Duncan Robinson. Know, uh, I want to know what his overall rating is. Uh, uh, it's got to be like it's, 72. Probably yeah, it's around there. Say, Derek, Walton the was a, Derek Walton was a 69. Matt Thomas nice. is 74. What's well, Duncan Which Robinson? Is high. Duncan Robinson's a 78. Okay. Well, you know I what digress. they would say to you, Jeff? This is why they have roster updates. Sure. We've listened to your feedback, and we will be fixing Duncan Robinson's three-point rating in our next patch. And yeah. if Dante Cunningham <laughs> isn't behind Ben Simmons, we have a problem. Hey, Ben Simmons took more threes in the NBA this year than Dante Cunningham. <laughs> ben Simmons is infinitely more likely to make right. one than Dante Cunningham next year. Yeah, because he'll be on a team. Uh, That's all I got. Uh, r- real quick, one. I don't know if you guys saw the big news, but Marvin Williams announced he's retiring after the loss today. We'll miss him. <laughs> you know, that sucks. They didn't, uh, they didn't Former do the... number two overall pick. Number two, baby. Didn't do the didn't retirement start at UNC, went season. number two. Got to love it. The Cinderella. 15 seasons, though. That's super impressive. 
I, I know he was the number two career. pick. I know he was the number two pick, too. so you'd expect a long career. But like, damn, yeah, what a what a career from him. The Hornets, the Hornets threw all of their money at him every chance they got. He's like Mister MLE as well. At this point, at least, good for him. Wrap it up. NBA Two K got me angry. <laughs> Just gonna go play some Two K Twenty because the ratings are probably more suitable to his liking. PGA uh, Tour, baby. And we'll wrap Is that up. game good? Dustin Johnson. Tard. <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Uh, very very. Eighteen eighteen and a half million for in four weeks. It'll play. Yeah. And people say that you know players in the NBA make too much money. Anyway. That'll do it for uh, episode 13 of Three in the Key. We'll be back next week and quite possibly could be talking conference finals with the way these series are going. 